0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. Well, you're in a great place today. I saw this that Nipsey Hussle, the late rapper, said. He says, if you look at your peeps in your circle and they don't inspire you, you don't have a circle. You just have a cage. Harvard research shows that the 10% happiest people on the planet are people with social relationships where they can grow and they can go forward and they can contribute and they can make a massive difference. How many know destiny is found in your peoples? And that those closest to you determine your level of success. I think your life is incredibly precious, so I honor you the fact today that you would go and invest in your calling and your destiny and keep putting yourself in an incredible environment, a house where faith is imparted unto you today, where you're going to grow and you're going to take your life to the next level. How many are ready to do that today? You're not going to like today. You're going to love today. Come on. If you have your Bible, go to the right-hand side, Mark chapter 10. I do want to give Mark, Marissa, all of our team, our ushers, give them all a big old clap, our worship team. They bust their tail to make it all happen. Come on. Before I, you turn there to Mark chapter 10, it's on the right-hand side. I'm going to use 46 through 52. Um, how many believe that your life was created to go forward? I think it's our very potential that demands we make progress, that we advance, that we don't regress, we don't retain, we don't stay in the same place. How many know that our potential never came with a retirement plan? Come on. We're always designed to be going forward. The Bible says the path of righteous. Someone say that's me. It gets brighter and brighter, and we're to go from glory to glory, from dimension to dimension. In other words, we just don't sit, we just don't settle. The fact that you're here after Thanksgiving, there must be a belief, a hunger, a drive inside of you, where you know, consciously or unconsciously, your life can be better, richer, or fuller than it already is. How many believe you've not lived your best day yet? Anybody? Or some of you already tapped out? Remember like your baby pictures, how you were like totally like just excited, and you were all happy, and you ain't going to go out like all tormented, come on somebody, you ain't going to go out all broke and beat up, in fact, many of you are going to go into 2020 that way, today's going to be a pivotal shift, this has been a year for a lot of people where there's been struggle, there's setbacks, there's heartaches, come on, things arrived at our table, we did not order off the menu. And we're wondering, are we going to have to carry it into 2020? Come on. How many know that we're going to go in there strong, we're going to be healthy, things are going to change, and you're going to have a great Christmas? If you believe that, just say, that's for me. Okay, here we go. Mark chapter 10, Dias in Spanish, Mexican the Mexican, so a little Spanish right there. That means bald white boy to all the white people in here. I'm salmon, exactly, yes. Pinkish, I'm peeling today. I just got in from a trip. Now when they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho, Jesus' followers or his disciples in a great multitude were, they're all around. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting there by the road begging. Some would say he was begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to be quiet or to to caete, to shut up, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Someone say all the more right there. I'd like that. I like that little passion. So Jesus stood still, got his attention, commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying, Yo, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Use those three for me. Say, be of good cheer rise he's calling you touch the person on your left say he's calling you the person on your right so you say he's calling you ooh you're going to like this rex contain yourself for a second verse 50 throwing aside his garment or his coat he rose and came to Jesus Jesus answered and said what would you want me to do for you or in one translation says What do you wish? And the blind man said, teacher, rabbi, I came to receive, or the actual translation is, I came to regain my sight. In other words, he had it at one point. Come on, somebody. We're talking about blind potential. Come on, somebody. Unused success, dormant ability, what you can do that you haven't done, where you can go that you haven't gone, what you can achieve that you haven't achieved yet, all that you can become that you've yet to reveal. We can go home now. I mean, man, that was great. That'll give us enough to chew on. We just replay that. Come on. He goes, "I came to regain my sight, my vision." Jesus said, "Go your way. Your faith has made you well." In the ghetto translation, it says, "Your faith has hooked you up." Come on, somebody. Ooh, you got the hookup. Come on, and regained your sight. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the road. It's interesting, we get into this story, and there's a guy named Bartimaeus. He finds himself in a setback. A setback is a defeat, it's a reversal. It's to return to a lower level. He finds himself there because he now finds himself blind. Come on, somebody. It's interesting that life's doing something with him rather than him doing something with life. He started out as a kid, and he could see. One, two, three, four, five. We're not told when he lost his vision, but somewhere along the line, he did. People usually lose their vision by what's behind them and who's around them. So now they live blinded spiritually. Come on, somebody. They don't see what God's doing. The scripture says when you don't see what God's doing in your life, you stumble all over yourself. People are blind relationally. Come on. You used to be in love. You used to be passionate. Now you coexist and you text rather than talk. Come on. You're blind physically. Come on. You got all excited. You was going to lose the weight. You got to Lululemon. You bought $128 pants. You got to LA Fitness. You got on the elliptical machine, and someone was a lot skinnier next to you, and you quit. Come on, somebody. And you became blind that this wasn't for me. Other people become blinded by their success because they think that their past success equals their future success. And they think because I did it back then, it'll just work automatically today. I don't have to grow. How many know change happens to everyone? Growth is not automatic. When the pain of staying the same is bigger than the pain of change, you will grow and breakthrough will happen. What do you mean by that? If you can tolerate it, you'll get it. So he finds himself in a setback, a defeat, a reversal, when most of us have setbacks. Come on, how many know that can happen from the white to the brown to the black to the pink? Come on, somebody. They happen to the rich, the poor, come on. You used to be slim, now you need the gym. Come on, how many feel like you gotta do something with your weight in the next couple weeks, come on? Or this season's gonna kick your butt. If you, raised your, if you didn't raise your hand, just grab a person fat next to you, come on. You probably gotta do it too. We all got a little bit to lose, come on somebody. (laughs) Joke, only joking. He finds himself in a setback. When we have defeats or reversals and we return to a lower nature where we lose honor, dignity, we oftentimes start taking steps back. Steps back from relationships, steps back from God, and we go on, come on, we just go into medicating. Come on somebody. We run to a refuge rather than the refuge. We find counterfeit ways to medicate. Come on, I'm gonna eat some more. I'm gonna watch some more. Come on, Hallmark movies, that's gonna make me feel better. I'm gonna try Tinder, come on, because I really need somebody for Christmas season. Rather than, watch, beating someone out of authenticity, now we're gonna do, come on, we're gonna go this route. It's amazing that when people have setbacks, physically, relationally, they start taking steps back, and they find themselves far removed from where they want to be. I think there's a lot of people in this room, come on, things were going good, and something broke your momentum. When you came out of that womb as a kid, come on, you came out with a shout. If you didn't, that doctor spanked your booty to make sure you had a shout in you. Your life was about momentum. Come on, you get momentum in an area, but when a setback happens, all of a sudden you lose that momentum, it breaks that momentum, and things go from a shout to a whisper. You never have to tell a kid, come on, can you please turn up the volume? You never tell a kid, can you please get a little bit louder? Come on, we're always like, shh, come on. Ay, mijo, you're too loud. Come on, tone it down a little bit. It's amazing how life wants to use disappointments and setbacks to take your life from a shout to a whisper and make you feel like the future that you really desire is not capable of happening. Setbacks happen and defeats happen for three reasons. Number one, unexpected circumstances. How many know you live in a fallen world? You can be the victim of other people's bad choices. I told a story in the first service, it's a famous story. I went to go speak for a gentleman, Phil Muncy, and he's got a great church in Orange County at that time. And I went to speak and there's about a guy 20 yards away from me and he was standing there and it was dark outside and I pulled up, I was just by myself because it was close to my home, and the guy had his hand in his pocket and he was shaking. And I started to open my door, and he's shaking, and he's looking at me. I'm like, ooh, maybe the enemy sent the devil to get me. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't good. So I got out, and he goes, are you Rex Crane? I said, I don't know. Who are you? (laughs) Listen, I might not have graduated from school. Come on. But I I got a little street smart in me. I go, "I want to get cold clock going in to preach the gospel. So he starts walking toward me and I go and he goes, Are you Rex Crane? I said, I still don't know. Who are you? And he got there and he was shaking. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I gotta do something. So I was planning in my mind, planning this all out. I'm gonna knee him. Come on, below the waist. I'm gonna punch him with my forearm, cause not my fist, because I gotta pray for sick people with my hand. That won't go good on the minister's reputation. Come on. Then I'm gonna run into the church and hide. And I go, What's up? You seem a little bit distraught. He goes, my wife was just bitten and mauled by a lion. The church I was speaking at was connected to a hospital. You've seen the story. It's been on the news. It was on Larry King and everything else. His wife was out mountain biking. They'd been married for two or three months with her partner, mountain biking, and the lion jumped out, a massive lion. It had already killed a six-foot-two man they found later and grabbed her by the head. She was suspended in the air. Ann Hiligel is her name. Her head was in the mouth of a lion, and her partner had her feet, and she was suspended in the air. True story, and it ripped off her whole face, and he saw her when he got to the hospital. He didn't know what to do, and so they said, go pray at the church. He saw my face on a billboard, and he said, can you do anything? And by the grace of God, God gave me a word of knowledge of what would happen to his wife, and things would turn and change, and God fulfilled that word. It was really powerful. But how many know things can hit you, you don't plan on happening? Come on. Other times they happen because of spiritual warfare. I think you gotta be aware that there's a conflict over your life, the devil don't like you. He doesn't want your potential to come to fruition because he knows somebody else is going to get the benefit of your life and you're going to be heroic to somebody. You're going to be heroic to your kid as a parent. Come on, somebody. So he's trying to defeat you in your mind and stop you in your mind because every battle is a mind battle. He knows if he can conquer you in the mind realm, he'll defeat you in the physical realm. Come on, somebody. So he throws all kinds of thoughts, what you're not, what you don't have. It's amazing. He always wants to focus on what you lost rather than what you're left with. Maybe that's why Jesus said in the book of Revelation, Revelation 3, 2, awake and remember what you still have and strengthen what you have because you got unfinished business. Somebody say, I got unfinished business. Someone say, I got some unfinished business. Come on, you ain't going to put on this planet to die broke, to die in debt. You ain't going out by cancer. Come on, I ain't going out like that. Come on. Come on, sometimes you got to get a little aggressive. How I many of you know in the middle of the night, have you ever had too many like, blankets on, and all of a sudden in the middle of the night you wake up like all hot and you're claustrophobic and you can't breathe? You're know, like, aye! <laughs> you want me to do that one more time? It was kind of fun. Aye! <laughs> and you got to kick off that heaviness. Some of you will never break out and break into what you're called to do and ever take back the very thing you can have until you get a little bit of aggressive with your spiritual adversaries. You have the power. How many you know I still got you got power in God to sit there and go, my home is blessed. Devil check yourself. Get yourself off my kids. Get yourself off my money. Get yourself off my life. For those of you who don't believe it, continue to tolerate it and just hope it gets better. Wishing's a great motivator, bad strategy. You don't run east looking for a sunset. Come on, somebody. Why would you hope the devil goes away? He says to submit to God, then resist the devil. If you don't submit, you can't resist. Come on, somebody. You can't resist the devil you love to play with, so you gotta submit first, and then you can resist and shut the door. But when you shut the door, oh, he's gotta go. But then they happen because of bad choices. I know we love to blame the devil for everything, but the reality is we reap what we sow. Come on, somebody. Many of us are in situations because we sowed to the wind, we reap the whirlwind. Come on, somebody. We were the ones that ate the bad food. We were the ones that held on to unforgiveness. We were the ones, but we find ourselves in setbacks, and it's tempting to sit there going, is it still possible to have a great 2019 strong and blasted into the year 2020? Come on, somebody. So here's Bartimaeus. He finds himself sitting by the roadside. His dad, it mentions he's the son of Timaeus. Why is that important? Because his dad is a blind man. As a boy, Bartimaeus could see, we'll call him Bart. Bart could see, he could see color, he could see everything. But he hung around his dad and a community or a colony in Jericho. It was the most well-known area for both people traveling through to Jerusalem but also known for the disease of blindness. He constantly hung out with blind people. Can I challenge you for a minute? If you hang out with people that are blind, you're going to go blind. If you hang out with people that are blind relationally, you'll go blind relationally. Come on, somebody. Or your vision gets impaired. What he learned to live as, he became on the physical side. I wonder what a day that was when the priest, the doctors of the law, gave him a coat, and they said, here's your diagnosis, you are blind, you can be a beggar. In other words, your life doesn't need to be about warfare and battle anymore to create anything, it can be to live off welfare and live off codependency and the handouts of other people. Because blind people always look for somebody else to make them happy, come on, to make their life good. They never want to take responsibility for creating their life. It's more about the conflict or what they've gone through rather than what they're going to. Watch. He's sitting by the roadside, and he hears all this commotion. And he's sitting there, and he goes, man, what's going on? What's going on? Luke 18 tells the same, same story. And he says, hey, that guy, Jesus the Nazarene, is coming through. Jesus, the guy from Nazareth, he's coming through. There was Jesus chatter. There was Jesus noise. And I do want to venture and say, in San Diego, because of what we're doing in this church, come on, somebody, there's going to be noise about what Jesus can still do. I don't, no, Jesus can still do. And that noise, all of a sudden, it, he said, tell me more, tell me more. It says that he heard, he had a leaning ear. Sometimes when you're hurting, it's tempting to distance yourself and isolate yourself rather than hear when you're hurting. Because you want pity rather than compassion. You would rather nurse, curse, and rehearse the challenge rather than disperse it so God can reverse it. Many people get an identity out of the pity and the pain that they go through so they want to medicate and sit there. They don't want to hear. They don't want to heal. Come on, somebody. How many know people like that? You got family members like that. So he hears about Jesus. He hears about eyes opening up, him raising Lazarus. In fact, this would be the last miracle Jesus did because later that week he had a date with a cross and he would hang on a cross outside of Jerusalem and and Golgotha just a couple days after this. His disciples were blind to what was happening. They were all about prestige and position. They were fighting. And here's a guy blind and he hears all this knowledge about Jesus that Jesus can heal, Jesus can change people's lives. or destiny. personal reports All of a sudden, he gets a vision for it. He gets a vision for it, and he begins to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's amazing that the first element to be able to take back what things you've lost and things that you've given away, you've got to have a vision beyond where you currently are. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Touch the person next to you say, faith comes when you hear. There's a reason why the Bible says that he says, you know, the book of the law, don't start, meditate in it, think about it day and night, that you may observe it to do it. For then you make your way prosperous, you deal wisely, and you have good success. That word will give you vision so you don't have to live by the world system or a world diagnosis, but you have God's word vision. Come on, somebody. I need a vision for where I'm gonna go. I asked my friend Ken Norton Sr. He's the guy who busted Muhammad Ali's jaw in half. Broke it one night. I said, Ken, how in the world did you knock out Muhammad Ali? He goes, Rex, I grew up in so much poverty and so much pain. We were poor and on welfare, everything around us. He said, but one thing I did was I started reading the miracles of the Bible and started getting that knowledge inside me because I had to see myself different from a God's eye view than where I currently was, that my condition did not determine my destination. As he sit around, he goes, Rex, I had to brainwash myself over and over and over because you had so many voices and vices that fought to say this is as far as you can go. But if you don't have a vision, you can't get it. Rex Crane, you got to see it to be it. 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 He captured a vision that day. I'm curious, what kind of vision do you have for who you're about to become? If not, you just kind of wonder and wander. That's what most people do when they're in challenges and setbacks. They don't think about getting it back. They're just hoping something good arrives at their table. Come on. Rather than having a vision. But he caught a vision, and he began to crowd, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why is vision powerful? It determines your expectation. God doesn't meet you at your need. He meets you at your level of expectation. It sets the boundaries for your life. If you expect defeat, you're going to get it. Come on, somebody. If you expect it not to work out, it probably won't. Come on, somebody. Maybe disappointment so got inside you that you've accepted the spirit of defeat rather than reject the spirit of defeat. You've gotten used to losing, and you're on a losing streak. Come on, and you don't want to put your expectation out there again because you're afraid of being disappointed. And it makes more sense to sit and settle. Come on, somebody. But he hears, and what he hears changes his atmosphere. He goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those closest to him said, hey, hey, shut up, be quiet. Hey, hey, shh, be quiet, shh, be quiet. I believe that was his dad. Because I usually believe the people that are most familiar with you, when you go to push above average, they always want to censor you and tell you to be more normal. This is where we come from. This is who we are. Who do you think you are? Why are you trying to bust out? But sometimes if you're going to ever get back what you've lost, you've got to disrupt some things. We like disruptive products and services. In business world, that's your value you bring to the market because business is not the value you are. It's a business is about the value you add. And if you don't constantly disrupt things, we like Netflix, way Waverly, Blockbuster, and those big old flipping VHS videos. Come on, somebody. But a disruption, if you don't disrupt anything, then everything stays the same. He disrupted the monotony because he had a vision for what he wanted to get back. Someone say, take it back. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What he said, he gave himself from what he saw, he gave himself some permission to go after. Where are you holding yourself back and not going after what you really, really want? What's the story you say to yourself? I would like to, but come on somebody. But I'm tired. I would like to forgive, but I'm angry. I would like to do this, I would like to pray, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do this, but, 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 is your butt standing in the way of your breakthrough of getting it all back? In fact, how big is your butt? But I can't. Well, that's more like, but I won't. Come on, somebody. But I don't want to, but I don't feel like that. Never arrange your faith around your feelings. Come on, somebody. Never arrange your faith around your comfort. Your faith is a force. Your faith is not in, come on, it's in your feelings. It's in your feet to begin with. It's how you move. Come on. He cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. I remember when I was speaking in Malibu, California, and in the middle of my speech, I, I said a verse, Matthew four seventeen, that the kingdom of God was at hand. I remember this back some years ago. All of a sudden, I'm looking at the very back, and this guy interrupts. He stands up. He goes, I want what you have oh my goodness, okay, that's great, sir, pray the Lord, come on, sit back down, people were saying, hey, wait till the end, he'll go pray for people at the end, he got right back up, I want what you have, he cries, I go, well, I guess you should come up here then, I didn't see he had a back brace from here all the way past his tailbone, and so it took him forever, come on, like three minutes, five minutes to walk up to the front, that's a long time when you're trying to entertain a lot of people, and there's no music behind you. You don't got like the Nordstrom player behind you. Come on, playing the, key, the, the piano. Come on. Took him forever. I go, why did you say that? He says, because if you tell me this is real, that I need this now, I can't wait. I'm in pain. I go, I go, what's wrong? And he kept having a tough time hearing. He goes, I'm mostly deaf. He said, I'm gay. And on top of it, I can't move my back. And I got all these rods in my back. Can your God help me? And I'm like, well, I think we need to show and tell message, not just to talk about how great God is. Let's give him an opportunity. You don't want to hear about my pet rabbit. Let me show you my pet rabbit. Hey, Jesus said in John 10, 27, if I don't do the works of my father, don't believe the words that I tell you. We want people to believe, and we don't want to give them any proof. But thank God at C3, we're raising up some proof producers of people that are going to slap the devil upside the head and help people everywhere we go and lift off despair, heal sick people, give people dignity and honor and value and love. Someone say, good teaching. So I prayed, and nothing happened. I failed, except he fell on his knees. I got nervous because my dad had had back surgery. I know it. I was like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? He's sitting on his knees, I went back to teaching the people and I had my hand on his shoulder. Immediately, maybe within like 10, 15 seconds, out loud you heard, pop, pop, pop. And he goes, ah! What? He messed up the whole meeting, John. (laughs) What? (laughs) What has happened to my back? I, what was the pop? It just happened in my back. He stood up, and he starts moving his back. People start losing. They go, bananas, I want to find out what's happening. He goes, what just happened in my back? No one prayed for him. No one sprinkled holy water on him. He didn't have to give an offering to get healed. Come on, somebody. He, all of a sudden, he's sitting there. All of a sudden, everything starts coming back into alignment. He gets up, and he grabs me, and he starts screaming. I go, what now? He goes, my ear just popped open, genuinely, one shot after another. He came over. That night, his life got completely transformed i go why did you do that he said because i could not tolerate if you tell me i when you were speaking i had vision of myself that that could be me i want to take back what i don't have come on somebody see not everybody's going to want to be around you when you decide to take stuff back not everybody's going to want to get you when you get around a little radical Say, I'm going to take back some sanity, you got to go. I, I'm going to take back some peace, chaos, you got to go. yeah, I'm going to take back some joy, strife, you got to get your way out. I'm going to take back some health, habits, you got to go. Not everybody's going to like that. Because they're used to the usual you, but God's about to bring out an uncommon you. Because he's an uncommon God. And he doesn't want common children. Some of you gave things away. Come on, some of you gave things away. Some of you lost things. Some of the people in this room, the enemy's taken things from you, and he loves if you just sit and sit and sit. But for things to change, you got to radically sometimes disrupt something. Someone say disrupt. Someone say disrupt. Touch the person next you. Say disrupt it. Disrupt it. Disrupt it. Disrupt that. It went from an opinion to a revelation. This is where you're about to go. Some of you have an idea or opinion life can get better. Some of you have an opinion your marriage can still be great and passionate and loving. Some of you have an opinion that maybe you could be used by God to do something great and be be a person that makes a difference as a teacher, as a builder, as a business owner. Some of you have an opinion, but you're about to go from an opinion to a revelation. What I love is it says he heard, but the word heard is he tuned in and kept hearing. When you keep hearing, something gets inside you. If you don't got vision for yourself, get around somebody that does. If you you don't got vision for yourself physically, get around someone who does. If you don't got vision for yourself spiritually, get around somebody that does. If you don't know how to pray, get around someone that knows how to pray. It will rub off on you. Come on, somebody. In fact, God keeps bringing people along your path that are doing better than you're doing. Not to intimidate you or mock you, but to say, if I could hook them up, I could hook you up. i got to get the same vision inside of you because your vision is your future. Someone say, my vision is my future. He saw himself in God getting back what he had lost because of what he heard. Watch, powerful. He disrupts everything. Jesus, son of David, they say, hey, shut up. Be quiet. Censor you. They'll try to hush you. Come on, somebody people that are careful will try to hush your hustle when you go to break out of doing things different. He says no, but Jesus stops. He gets Jesus' attention. Jesus said, go to that man, and this is what I want you to tell him. Tell him, number one, be of good cheer and rejoice. That's amazing. You think Jesus would have gone there himself, oh my goodness, oh poor little blind man, let me go over to you. See, I love that about God. He doesn't cater to our conditions. He confronts our condition with a revelation, not with sympathy. Compassion will change you. Sympathy will leave you in that place you are. We got many people that we, we say a compassion, but it's sympathy. We feel what you feel, but we don't do nothing to break you out. Every time in the scripture says Jesus was moved with compassion, there was a breakthrough, a transformation, a healing, a, something shifted in somebody's life. He says, go tell them, number one, be of good cheer and rejoice. Someone say, be of good cheer. I want to help some of you right now for a minute. You're going to go into a season where a lot of people are going to be moody. People are going to be moody. They don't have enough. They want more. They want this. They want that. They don't have enough of this. And the 805-52 and the 5, there's going to be a lot of middle fingers up on the air. If you don't arrange your mind now about how you're going to show up in the season, you'll let the culture dictate your mood and your feeling. The Bible says direct your mind in the way, the mode of action, Proverbs 23, 19. you got to guide your way. The mind of a man plans his way, then God can direct your steps, Proverbs sixty-nine. So what do you mean by that? You gotta decide, I'm gonna enjoy my season, I'm gonna enjoy where I am on the way to where I'm going, I'm gonna make a decision, no devil's gonna steal it, no knucklehead's gonna steal it, no funky family member's gonna steal it, I'm gonna enjoy Jesus said, let no man take your joy. In other words, only you could give it away. What are you giving your joy to? You're only strong as much joy as you got in your life, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. For those of you who think you should be somber, medicating over all your faults and failures, Nehemiah said this, it's a holy day. Don't be somber. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's time to celebrate because God's goodness and mercy are towards you. Some of you, you made it here this year. Come on. You didn't expect to get here. You got a lot to be happy for. One million people died in the last six days. You're still here. If you got 15 American dollars to your name, you're in the top 12% of the richest people on the planet. Yo, rich, y'all. Slap the person next to you and say, yo, rich. Don't act like you're on welfare. Poverty's a mindset. Come on, not a circumstance. That's good. Come on, there are no poor people. Only unaware people, come on you feel me for a minute there are no poor people if that's been written in your dna just like they told christopher columbus you can't go anywhere beyond here they plus ultra they even wrote it on the spanish coins that's stamped on the millions of americans heads there's no more beyond here is what it means you can't go anywhere beyond here what a lie from the pit of hell come on somebody there ain't no poor people there's only people that lack vision of where they can go when you got a vision and you got some reasons of why you gotta make a move, you will never be the same. When the pain, come on, when the pain of staying the same is stronger than the pain of changing, your breakthrough's at hand. Someone's gonna get something back. Watch. Watch, you got eight more minutes of this? Watch. Be of good cheer. Some say be of good cheer. Well, how do I do that? you got to make a decision. Paul said in Acts chapter 20, everywhere I go, they're going to throw me in prison. They're They're going to beat me. They might even beat me with rods. He said, but none of this stuff moves me. I've already made the decision that I'm going to finish my course, but I'm going to do it with joy. There's nothing more contagious than doing something with an attitude of joy and gratefulness unto God. Second of all, get incredibly grateful. Psalm 67, 5-7 through seven says, as they gave thanks to praise, then God released the increase. Many of you people are praying about things. If you'll sort of shift and just will start great, being grateful for things, immediately you'll start to see a sudden increase in the way you feel and what shows up in your lap. Every miracle Jesus did, he did not say, Father, please hook me up. I was going to look bad on my Messiah ship. If you don't come through, thank you. Lazarus, come out. Thank you. Come on, let's multiply the food. Thank you, the boy at name. Come on, come out of that coffin. Thank you. Come on, heal this person. And just practice smiling, by the way. It's like your logo. Why would you say that? Because in the scriptures, over 54 times, God references the way people hold their face. Your physiology tells a lot about your attitude and how you're representing. And if God's making his appeal through you to the world, come on, let's do it when show up with a little bit of energy. Be of good cheer. Someone say, be of good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you out of something, and he's calling you into something. He's calling you out of something. He's calling you out of something. Sometimes you're going to have to discard some things. You're going to have to exit some things to enter some things. Come on. There's some things you gotta let go of. The scripture says, lay aside every weight and sin that trips you, that holds you up so that you can run your race. Why is that powerful? I heard a little story about a little nine-year-old boy who was learning about eagles. He learned about eagles that they go 15 to 17,000 feet, but in a storm, they can go up to 20 to 21,000 feet. It's interesting, well, all the other birds go look for shelter, especially chickens. They flap, but don't fly. Come on, somebody. An eagle uses the storm to go even higher. Could it be the very thing that's coming at you? God's not delivered you from it yet, but he's gonna use that to become a place you stand upon that you're getting stronger. And watch, come on, somebody. You're going higher. I don't want to wait. I want it all right now. Now he's building some strength and muscle inside you. Come on. He's building you to be a habitation of him. Why? you got to have the strength to stand in the place he's taking you. This little boy was learning about these eagles. They go up to 21,000 feet. they got big old nine-foot wings, powerful. And then all of a sudden he said, i got to go look and see. That. I want to see this for myself. So he was out there in the middle of Iowa. He was looking for an old day. And finally, at the end of the day, he actually saw an eagle. It was just what he said. He was gliding and maneuvering. He wasn't flapping. Come on, he was soaring, using those thermal winds, doing what he does. He's an eagle. Come on, somebody. It's the way your life's going to be. You ain't going to flap no more. Come on, you're going to learn how to soar. Watch. And then all of a sudden, it swooped down, picked something up. The little boy couldn't see what it was. And he went back in the air, and he started to flap. I went up there and started to but All of a sudden, he started to flap like a chicken. The boy goes, what in the world? The the momentum became suspended. He dropped down and hit the floor. The boy ran hundreds of yards. He found it. There he turned over the eagle face down. And on that regal chest of that animal was a little weasel that that eagle had picked up. See, they're so strong and powerful, but they got a habit of picking up little rodents and putting them on their chest because they think that they'll eat them later. Come on, somebody. And they forget about them. And he said, he began to cry, the little nine-year-old boy. He goes, you're so powerful. You're so strong. Don't you know that if you don't release this weasel, he'll eat your heart out. Why were you not smart enough to let go of the weasel and drop the weasel before the weasel dropped you? Many people in this room, you're trying to go and blast into the air. Come on. 2020, you picked up weasels along the way. Come on. You've adopted attitudes. Come on, somebody. You've been destined to full soar, destined to fly, destined to conquer things. Come on, but you start picking up attitudes, mindsets, perversions, addictions. You pick some stuff up. The next level of you won't let you go there. Bartimaeus knew he had to discard an old identity if he was gonna step in and fuse with a new one. He had to let go of his then if he was gonna step into his now. Come on. He started to come. Can you imagine? Jesus didn't even come to him. He told the blind man to walk. Blind potential walking toward. All he had was a word. Let me tell you something. If all you have is a word, but a word from God, a word of God is enough to get you anywhere you need to go. You don't need 10 people to pray for you. If you got a word of God that's dropped from your head to your spirit, Why do you talk with so much conviction? Because you could beat me. You could change me. You could chain me. You could do whatever you want to me. But you're not going to beat that word that's out of my spirit. i got a word inside of me. That's what the Bible says. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on the word of eternal life. It's a cadet show faith. It's like a pit bull. You ever see they lock their jaws? You can beat it with a stick. You can hit it. But it won't let go because it knows that when it locks its jaws, it's holding on to that thing. That's the way your faith's got to become. Why? Because the society's gonna try to bully you out. Settle here. Settle here. Settle here. Do normal. You come from three generations of alcoholics. You've had heart disease in your whole family. Look, your whole family's got mental illness. Just accept it. Just accept it. But someone's gonna get a little aggressive and go disrupt. No, no, no. no. I'm taking stuff back. I gotta discard some of. I'm gonna take some back. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm letting that go. That mindset don't work because the Word says this. Come on. The way of talking ain't going to work. Come on, because the Word says this. I can't be saying I can't. I hope. No, no. The Word says I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. The Word says certainly it's going to happen for me. Now watch how powerful. Watch how powerful. He starts walking. Can you almost tell how weird that was? The guy's walking and no one's even helping him. You think how unkind. But I love it is he's called you to walk by faith and not by sight. He's leading you toward him. Watch. You got to have a little bit of fortitude and muscle and strength you start walking on the word you're walking towards God this is his moment he didn't want it to pass it might not come again this is moment to get everything back and he gets there Jesus what do you want me to do for you he goes I want to regain my sight the reason why he says that is Jesus didn't steal his sight from him but Jesus is your great high priest that's in heaven heaven can't endorse what you won't agree with As long as you agree with things the way that they currently are, heaven won't back you up to declare what heaven's declared. The Bible says his word is forever settled in heaven. When you go, Father, I wanna regain my sight. I wanna regain my joy. I wanna take back some health. You give me the power to create wealth, I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna take back creativity. I'm gonna take back innocence and purity in my heart. I'm gonna take it back. The Father says, okay, to agree on something, it shall be done. I end with the story. I was in faith community church one night in West Covina. At the end of the night, it was about 2,500 people. And at the end of the night, we were in the back room with a friend. And they, uh, some friends of ours came in the back room and said, hey, can you come out and pray for some people that we brought? They're in blind people school at UCLA. And uh, she, was at, she was in the Sheriff's Academy, beautiful, beautiful Latina woman. She goes, she, about 28 years old. She goes, but she went blind because of diabetes. I said, of course. So my friend and I went out there. We were sitting there and she goes we go why do you want to get healed she's blind with a stick been in blind people's school about eight months she goes because i don't make a good blind person just touch the person next you say i don't make a good blind person (laughs) prayed for her she goes i see a little bit of tiny bit of light i guess She goes do it again because I don't make a good blind person. I came to regain something tonight. She wasn't even a Christian. She was just told that there was an atmosphere where she could take something back that she lost. Come on watch how powerful. Prayed for again. This time she fell down on her knees. Power of God hit her body. She dropped down on her knees and nothing changed and all of a sudden she stood up on her own And she, the loudest scream you've ever heard in my life, the greatest miracle I've ever seen. And I've seen people come out of comas. I've seen a lot of different things, blind, deaf. I've seen deaf and dumb kids that have never talked in their life, say my name in front of thousands of people. I've seen a baby that was dead in the womb begin to bounce again and kick in the womb in the middle of Africa, Uganda, Africa. I've seen some crazy stuff. The greatest miracle I ever saw. She screamed, ah! Everybody fell on their faces, got nervous. She goes, I can see. She starts slapping my friend's face. Black face, I see your face. She went, lost her doggone flipping mind. She's screaming. She walks over to her friend that's blind, I can see. She just like lost it, she just starts going bananas. See, you ain't gonna be all normal when you get miracles. Don't be all geek and nerdified. Don't be geeky, geek out. I was at the Seattle Seahawks game the other day. All these people were geeking out, come on. All those .com guys were geeking out. Man, when miracles hit your soul, come on. When you get back something you've lost or you've given away, come on, David lost something, he got it back. Come on, something. Moses lost something, he got it back. Come on. People in the Bible lost things that God gave them a comeback. Watch. Watch how powerful. She says, the other blind woman, hey, this could be your moment. You can get your vision back. I can see. I can see. She's hysterical. The other woman goes, no, 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 no. I don't believe it. No, 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 no. I can see you. I can see you. It's real. It's real. She goes, I don't want it. And we sat there and begged for her. She goes, I refuse. I'm okay the way that I am. True story, I walked out the middle hallway that night. On my right, I had a woman that walked in from UCLA Blind People's School. The car from UCLA was outside the doors. She walked in with a stick. She was walking out holding her stick, holding my hand. On the other end was a woman that walked in with a stick and she was walking out a stick. Both presented with the same opportunity. But one woman said, you know what? I'm gonna take back what belongs to me. I'm gonna get it back, come on somebody. Baby, you've been in a place where other people have undermined you, where you felt you can't get it back. This is your comeback season. You ain't going into 2020 all broke and tore up. Someone's going to get back their mind. Come on. Someone's going to get back some sanity. Someone's going to get back some health. Someone's going to get back some mercy in their life. Someone's going to get back a dream in their life. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Everyone hold hands across this room. If you feel like, hey, Jesus, I, I, I want to get it back. I want to get it back. I want to get it back. It's not, not man-inspired, it's God-inspired. This isn't the Frank Sinatra, I did it my own way. This is not by might nor by power, but by the grace and the Spirit of God. Jesus can give it everything back. Your faith has a story, just like Bartimaeus'. It wants to turn the weakness into strength, bondage into freedom, jealousy into joy, and turmoil and despair into peace. If you need Jesus today, I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I feel you up in here. I need you. I ask you to save my soul, forgive my sin, I want to be born again, cleanse me from all wrongdoing and be my savior, my healer, and my deliverer. I want to take back everything that I've lost. I want to take back peace, joy, health, finances, my family. I want this to be a turning moment in my life. from this moment, things get better and better and better. Fill me with your spirit right now. If you just prayed that and you meant it, I want you to squeeze the person's hand on your left and your right. And if someone just squeezed your hand, come on, hold their hand up high for a minute. Hold their hand up high. Look at all you world shakers in here. I'm going to pray for you real fast, is that cool? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray that every bondage, every infirmity, every sickness, every addiction, every shackle, every chain would be broken and busted off your people. I pray they would not limp into the year 2020, but just as Bartimaeus had a moment and he used his faith to break out and touch you and to have a different outcome, and he recaptured what was lost. I pray every person on the sound of my voice would have a recapturing of things that have been lost. I pray hope would be restored and joy would fill their homes in this holiday season. I pray for raises and exponential growth and blessings and prosperity to come over the people within this house. And I pray today, your kingdom come, your will be done, and to you belongs all glory, honor, and praise. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout today. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.